Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sex Actually on this casual Friday. Happy September, everybody. What are you up to? What are you doing? You doing the laundry? You thought you'd pop in the old sex podcast? Is that what's going on? You doing the whites, the colors? We're talking laundry, folks. Maybe you're uh, doing the dishes, hitting the gym. How do you listen? Where are you at? Let me know. Uh, this is your host, Dave Neal. We've got a hot one for you today. What a fun episode. I talked to Jesse Rosen. Uh, Jesse is the creator of Sunday Night Sex Talks, as featured on this past season of The Bachelorette. Uh, Jesse is a storyteller, comedian, and uh, she hosts this show that talks about um, dating stories. So you're going to love it. Uh, have a listen to her. And also a big... Uh, want to say a big hello to uh, DB. DB just left us a nice review on iTunes. He said, as a happily soon-to-be-married gay dude, I can still find things to learn from this podcast. If you want the benefit of many self-help relationship books without actually having to, you know, read, then you should listen to Sex Actually. And he spelt it with three L's, so that's a Sex Actually. Uh, thank you, DB. And um, I guess um, at this point, I think you got married. So why don't you... Uh, why don't you let us know how that's going? Right into sexactuallypodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how the gay wedding was. I've never been to a gay wedding, but I hear they are amazing. I would love to have a dance-off at a gay wedding. Anyone listening with a gay wedding coming up, hit me up. DB, wish I could have been there for you. Thank you so much for writing us this review. And for everyone listening, thank you so much for making August the most downloaded month in sex actually history. We blew it away. The main reason is because a lot of you fine folks are writing us nice reviews on iTunes. It's true. If you write a good review, it bumps us up the chart so we can start getting more recognition. I swear that's how it happens. To write a review, go onto your iPhone if you have one, click search in the podcast app, type in sex actually, even if you've already subscribed, type it in the search option, then click on the sex actually icon, and then click on reviews, and then click write a review. Leave us a nice five-star review. I'll shout it out on the podcast. We so appreciate it. Also, if you want to share the link to these episodes with your friends on Facebook, definitely tag me in it, Dave Neal. I'd love to see uh, what you guys are up to. Uh, keep on asking us questions. We love answering questions and giving advice that we uh, should not uh, offer. But uh, we do appreciate it, everyone. So thanks for making it really uh, an enjoyable process the last couple months. It's been a ton of fun. Uh, a lot of good uh, episodes uh, coming up, and just these guests keep on kicking ass. So if you're new to the team here, if you just found us, check out some of our back episodes. Everything's free. All I ask is that you share it with your friends. If you got a laugh or if you got uh, some good, good stories, just uh, write a review. We so much appreciate it. And now enjoy my chat with Jesse. Welcome to the Sex Actually Podcast with your host, Dave Neal. Be like, totally. Oh, I'm not ready to show them the real me. And just... Well, and that's that's fair. Totally fair. Um, I feel like I like lost let go of that long ago. Um, that's how when before I started dating my girlfriend, yeah. I, I liked her and I was like, you got to listen to my podcast. And I was talking about her on it. A similar thing happened to me because I started dating my boyfriend and who is now my husband and I had a blog, had had a blog about dating for years. And so I was like, well, this could go one of two ways. Yeah. And he, re- <laughs> and he read everything and was like, okay. 
And he was just on board. Yeah. They don't really have a choice at that point. It's like yeah. either uh, subscribe to this or yeah. uh, well, I think, move I on. Think the benefit was I think he liked it. And I think he liked the writing and liked the voice. And like he always says it was like the best way to get to know a person. It was like five years of them was, writing about Was life. he worried that... Did you write about past boyfriends? Yeah, I'm but so sensitive. I would have a hard time with that. I wrote about... <laughs> I always wrote about people... Um, never really using real names and like very sensitively and you had to like really screw me over for me to write something terrible about yeah. you and then in that case you deserved it so just as a guy though i paint a picture so like if you wrote something that was nice about an ex i'd be like oh why aren't you still with this guy you know like <laughs> anyway we'll, we'll jump right into it this sure. is sex actually the podcast your host dave neal with jesse rosen how Hello. are you today i'm great thanks for having me okay so i love this serendipitous uh parts of entertainment in in life yeah you came around I, you were around before me. You were around. Maybe uh, not. How long have you been in LA for? Literally six years next week. Oh, congratulations. Six Thank years. So and I'm hitting my three years in about, uh, I think, uh, f- October 1st. People so. move here in the fall. It's a funny thing. Yeah. I find that from the East Coast, and we're both from the East Coast. Yeah. Gotcha. Mine was a last minute thing. I kind of had a job offer, and the job, I felt lasted the job, but I was like, yeah, I'll stay out here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, mine was like a um, three years of hemming and hawing every day kind of thing. Did you live in the in the city I in New did. York? Yeah, I lived in New York. Because most people make that that choice, like, yeah, when do I go? Yeah, Everyone goes to New York to LA. My thing was only really strange because I wasn't working in the capacity of entertainment that I am now. So I wasn't writing full time. I wasn't performing at all. I was working in branded content. Like I was one of those people who went ad agency to. Oh no stuff, shit! Which is I, a I worked thing. in ad agency. Yeah, see, yeah. it's a common not for long. Thing. I, lo- I worked thing. like seven months yeah. in an ad agency. I worked like five okay. years. So um, do you, in you get a degree agencies. in marketing or what? Communications, okay. loosely, like a pretty broad thing. I went to Boston same. College. Also, I in saw that. New nice. England. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to go to church at Boston College. Uh, so I what's the name of the church again? Probably Saint Ignatius. Ignatius. That's it. Yeah. Very nice church. The old, Beautiful. You get the, bro- the bros, the uh, the brotherhood there. They're yeah. all chilling. Yeah. My, my girl's always interested in Catholic church because she hears of like, you know, what you see in the movies, like with the incense and stuff. Yeah. But my family go to like a very like basic Catholic church. That so doesn't she's do like, this that. is not fun. She came and she was like, this isn't, I was like, yeah, this is just boring. This yeah. isn't boring, but kind of feels like you're in some weird, like Tom Hanks movie. Yeah. But wait, did you take her to St. Ignatius? No. that no. is pageantry. Oh, yeah. No, it's beautiful. Yeah. No, I, Dancing, no. singing is beautiful. Um, oh. No, I haven't taken her there. But when I lived in, I used to live in Bo- in Brighton. Yeah. So yeah. Austin, would, uh, Brighton. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that close, but it was, you know, yeah. I wanted to be like the campus. It's cool. It was cool, too, because you'd see like older guys. Hang like like I saw this guy in his fifties selling Boston Globes out front, and this is the most New England story ever. Yeah. And then and then he walks into church in his Boston Eagles shirt. So yeah. you're in this like cathedral, beautiful place, and then he's just in like bright yellow yeah. Boston Eagles outfit, uh, maroon and gold, <laughs> maroon and gold. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> uh, great. So okay, so to tie this all together, I you asked me how I met Jenna Brister yes. before we got on air. So yeah. Jenna was on the podcast. I think about three episodes ago for those listening, three or four. And Jenna was amazing. I saw, I saw her, um, I was doing a stand-up show mm-hmm. um, on Sunset Boulevard and I heard her talking about being on The Bachelorette. Yes. And I was like, oh my gosh, I do Bachelorette recap videos and I've made it my own pilgrimage to hate on The, the Bachelorette and ABC yeah. for not crediting the yeah. chicks, the girls that were in the stand-up show because yeah. they all did stand-up. Yeah. And they, they, they went so far as to not even call it stand-up comedy. They were like, it's a storytelling show, and yeah. I, which I swear is because they didn't want to pay like after rates. It's a tricky thing. And, and, you know, they did a thing with um, real actual stand-up 
last season or two seasons. Yeah, ago where they go with the improv with Amy Schumer, with Amy Schumer or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's super tricky territory that I. But God you know, forbid the people that are hustling, like Amy yeah. Schumer's got her things together. They exactly. go to CAA or whatever her agency is. Exactly. It's all taken care of. Yeah. You guys didn't even get. Like I get some people get clipped out. It happens all the time. Mm -hmm. But like the people that were on TV didn't Mm -hmm. have their names mentioned. Or like a handle or something. Yeah, it's a a tricky thing. And you understand our world where... that is like a credibility. It's a it's a notoriety thing. It just becomes like kind of a waste of, I imagine, I, um, promo space. It's a it's a. It, there's no there's thing. no yeah. reason. There's no re- way they'll have like the little Dancing with the Stars figurines at the bottom. Right. Like they'll they'll advertise anything that's <laughs> yeah. in their cycle. We know but, how to put words on a screen. So yeah, yeah I know. Put their know. first and last name. Yeah, and at the very least in the credits because sure. like and I was saying this because you would stop to watch that you were interested you would find it I absolutely wanted to know who it was yeah. and I didn't like I mean I could have hunted you guys down and been complete stalkers sure but naturally and I talked about it on I, on the on mm-hmm. my bachelorette recaps on my YouTube and I talked about it mm-hmm. and I was like this is fucked up but then I, about you know two months later I hear mm-hmm. someone in the other room and I go what huh and I was that's like, incredible I saw it, and we had this you. like instant connection where I was like oh my gosh yeah and Jenna is such a force of nature and such a talent. Yeah. That, like, she was bound. She was bound to get to you eventually. Uh, <laughs> one person at a time. Because I was like, you know what I mean? I'm watching the show and I'm like, I've done stand-up for a longish time. Mm-hmm. How do I not know these people? But right. it's a huge market. Yeah. Everyone's got their own click. And it reminds me that like, I have to get it. Because, you know, I'll have, the, I'll have returning guests on and mm-hmm. it's, it's people I'm friends with. And That's everything. right. But then I'm like, when there's someone new, I'm like, oh, you exist. You're killing it. You're doing awesome. How do I not know you? Why why is why aren't we friends? <laughs> yeah, that the same thing happens to me frequently and I try to go to a lot of shows and stuff and it's a little bit scary. This is going to sound make me sound um it's like scary in a selfish way because I'm like wait a minute, there's all those other people too. I know. Like, and they're funny. Why are you guys funny? And you haven't where did like they come and, from? And I don't know your name yet, which means there's a which means I got a long way to go. Exactly, which is such a funny thing. But um the circles are getting smaller and that's they great. Are. Yeah. And that just and means that's more what, talented people get to do yeah, stuff. Yeah. I was at a show the other night and I met a girl who was putting the show on and I was just supporting a friend and yeah. she was like, oh, you're one of the comics that I'm supposed to be friends with on Facebook. <laughs> you know, I have like the list of people and I said, and I was like, oh, in I was just like, I took that as a compliment. I was like, oh, yeah. I'm meeting enough people. I'm yeah. actually. I know. Someone said, um, I was at some panel thing and someone said the doors open so slowly and then they're suddenly all open. Yeah. And it just like feels like a just just a pacing. Like even knowing Jenna, I've known Jenna now for four, f- almost five years. She did she did one of the first ever Sunday night sex talks, and so she's just a great friend. So we, you know, when we were booking Bachelor Up, we I put her on that lineup, and um, now I feel like I see her name everywhere. So you host a show, yeah, Sunday night sex talks, yes. So that was the one thing that on Bachelorette I think they did credit. Did they credit the name of the show? Did they give you at least they that? They didn't call it Sunday Night Sex Talks, which was um, a thing related to the fact that it wasn't Sunday. Uh, and so it needed to um, stay out of... Got to preserve that it, feeling of, of credibility for the show that has 30 dudes <laughs> trying to hook up so with a girl just, with fake boobs. Yeah, Great. so it, but they had come... Um, friends of friends of friends knew someone on The Bachelor... 
producer and they had come to one of my co-ed shows, um, which happened at UCB Sunset. And so they came to see a show and felt like what was going on on stage could be something really funny to challenge the guys to do. Um, so it all came together. That came together pretty quickly. And then I booked a lineup of, so here's what you don't know. I booked a lineup of men and women. So three men told told stories oh. too, and you didn't see any of them. Jeez, we got to get them on one because at a time. It, you know, it, I think that I imagine um, that in the edit they had the bachelorette guys telling stories. It's hard and enough so it to know who they be, are. Yeah, it would just be too confusing. There, are, there are plenty of times I'm watching this show and I'm like, ah, they haven't even featured this dude yeah. yet. It's like Ben Z. Yeah. They'll have like there's so many Bens and Daves. Yeah, and, and he Toms. just comes and goes. Yeah, Jameses. Yeah. This year yeah. there were two Jameses. Yeah, super and was, fan, and uh-huh. I don't remember the other one. And that was confusing. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's kind of how that came to be. Um, well, you know, so I so I posted on Reddit because mm-hmm. um, I'm involved with the Bachelor Reddit mm-hmm. just because I post. I just throw the YouTube mm-hmm. link up. Hey, the episode's up. Some people have found me on there, but mm-hmm. it's not like a big community. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of them have come over to the podcast. And I'm like, look, if you enjoy me bitching about these fake lives, like I do it twice a week on my show with yeah. real people and real talented guests and things like this. So I've got a lot of... F- people to come over from that and uh but i posted on reddit and you know you get trolls you just get people but i you know and to even you know i would never say their name to give them the credit but like it's so annoying that i check my reddit and i get i whenever i see that it's got a little red envelope sign that's the fact that it's red makes me like oh blood because you click on it and it's just hatred and someone's like oh like i posted the one with jen i was like you guys i posted in the bachelor thing and people like you're just trying to promote your own stuff oh (laughs) Yeah, yeah, partially, (laughs) but uh, isn't it, but I have to put a title on this and isn't it fucked up that Jenna didn't get credited? Let's give her some credit. Sure. Listen to this girl's story. Yeah. Uh, Google her, Facebook her, blah, blah, blah. You just trying to fuck her, blah, blah, blah. Okay. All right. I know. I'm probably talking to a 12 year old and in my head, I think I'm talking to a lawyer because I imagine I'm talking to like a sophisticated person. Oh, I always always imagine I'm talking to like someone who makes sense and then, and then I find out, no, who am I talking to? I always envision like a 55 year old man just like an angry yeah like elastic waist i had pants. this thing happen for a while maybe this is why um i've been blogging for a while and then the sex talk website and i had this person commenting in both places so both my kind of like internet domains posting real nasty stuff as characters from the movie what about bob I love What About Bob. Me too. And so I was like, what a they great know movie. me. They must know me. Posting as Bob Wiley. Posting <laughs> as Ziggy. Posting as... It was that's so a little, a little artistic. Nuts. Yeah, it was such effort, which I appreciated, but I was also so angry and hurt and and scared because I was certain it was someone who knew me. Does he... So, he, and then so it went, this and person then it knew that you were a fan of What About Bob? I mean, anyone in my life would know. And so that's where my first thought was, this is someone that's close to me. Oh, yeah. my God. And they hate me. And they're like, this like vitriol is coming out online. But then my second thought was, um, they don't know me, but I've written about it, but I hadn't. It was, it was a real mind that's trip. That's a mind fuck. It they, was. They dug in. That's, it was. That's, how you, that, that's the true troll is someone who yeah. can dig in and like make you think a lot hard. Like they, oh, they, they buy real estate in your head. Totally. So then I, <laughs> I it's just like, had to, I think they went away after a while. I don't know. But you know, it that's gets weird. People post on your behalf and leave her alone and all this stuff. It's so weird. Well, no one stuck up for me. It was just like a random, because it was just a random, it was a private message. I just blocked the person after. I like, I do enjoy trying to reason with a troll. I like to Mm -hmm. um, make myself look like a real person. Mm -hmm. Like my girlfriend Tasha was getting trolled um, by a dude Mm -hmm. and she's a, she's a model. So she'll post photos, bikini photos, whatever Mm -hmm. uh, brands she works for. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I'm, and I, you know, I've never, I've never 
outwardly wanted to slut shame or do any of that and i just feel horrible if there was a time when i was that mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know you know as guys like you know whatever Maybe, we're, we're, yeah. we're working out who knows sure but this dude was saying shit she was you know she posted a pro bernie sanders thing mm-hmm. boy trump <sighs> and there's just certain they really double down on on shit yeah like this guy went off on her like no one cares what you think. He followed. He was following her on Instagram. Yeah. No one cares what you think. Blah blah blah. So she looks at him and she becomes absorbed with this. Yeah. She's she's so hurt. It's yeah. just like she's a real happy person. She's really hurt. And she finds out he's a football coach. He's a college football coach. Wow. And so then she's like, and then it goes down the wall. Like how would your students think? And you have a fit. You have a daughter. What would she think? I follow the daughter. Then the guy goes, my daughter's fourteen. You asshole. And how do I know how old his daughter sure. is? And it just goes back and forth. And I was like, look, guy, like. It's just and, and he and, and they always come back with I was just trying to be funny and it's like oh. I was like look man like I got to go bring my car into the mechanic Tasha's got to go do this we don't have any more time for you right yeah. now I like made us human beings and I was yeah. like look we got to go like you know we're real people too like this fucking sucks yeah. man like I got to sit down and try to get writing done and not have to think that my girlfriend's being attacked like That's I just right. made it like human yeah and um I think he apologized I was like look. Huh. Wherever you are, like, come, I'll, if you're ever in LA, I'll bring, give you tickets to a show. I was, like, nice to him. Yep. These people just want to be responded yep. to, but go, trolling is just the wrong way. Yeah, I know. There was that super creepy Time Magazine article all about it that was, like, our trolls destroying the internet. It was, like, very doom and gloom. Yeah. And, you know, it's a place that you and I and people who do what we do, we, we need to be there, right? It's because everyone's like, just get off. But, no, I mean, it's, it's well, my place, too. Well, you know what too. happened yesterday was, my, you know, Michael Che? Yeah. So his, so Michael Che is a Weekend Update guy mm-hmm. um, on SNL, and he's got a very active Facebook, mm-hmm. and he just shut his comment section down. Yeah. Like, yesterday. And yeah. he's like, look, you, you pay tickets to see a show, you either laugh or you don't, or you comment, or if you make noise and heckle, you get thrown out. That's he's right. He's like, this is an extension of my show. I don't care what you have to say. That's right. Don't use my name as your platform, blah, blah, blah. Yep. And he, I feel like he's probably got like maybe a hundred people in his tight circle that can comment, but we can't even read the comments. Yep. I was like, fucking great. Yep. Settle this, settle this shit down. Settle it down. Well, right. It, Cause it is, it does feel like it's just like overboiling. Yeah. Um, the Leslie Jones stuff, but you know, NPR, all of NPR took comments off all of their websites. That's smart. Yeah. I mean, Twitter's the home of the yeah. home of trolls, but it's, it's Facebook and it's at least yeah. Facebook. You have to have a name to it. Like if you say yeah. some crazy shit, you have to own up to it and be yeah, like a name. And have an account. Um, I don't know though. I mean, do you feel like I have a sister who's 10 years younger? I have three younger sisters, but one of them, the youngest is 10 years younger. Okay. And she and her friends and that peer group and younger for sure. Um, don't give a shit about Twitter. Snapchat. Oh, Twitter's dead. So, so I think that but it Instagram, killed itself. They don't do Instagram. Yeah, that's a they big one. They do. They do. And there's a lot of negativity and a lot of comment on Instagram too. But I think that one of the benefits of Snapchat is just that. You know, that, it just feels. Well, you safer. can still comment. I mean, it's it's. it's it, I don't have a solution to it. It's just <laughs> I wasn't there <laughs> when I. Today. There was no trolling when I was in high no, school. No, graduated high school 03. We uh-huh. had Facebook came out a few years in, uh-huh. into college. Same. There was you had to write it on someone's wall. Mm-hmm. Everyone, you, everyone's name. The f- good thing about Facebook is it's your, it's for the most part your name. Yep. People, I think, can get around it, but you can report it, it get shut down, blah yep. blah blah. So like they regulate it better than others. But the Leslie Jones stuff and I can't, you can't even get into it. It's just nuts. Like, it's no. like what are you going to even? I know. Like they're really trying to silence people with yeah. a point of view. Um, I I I I think. Like I just did an episode where I try to have uh, women explain feminism to me. Yeah, because I um, I look I I am so aware that yeah. I look like the biggest enemy to women. Why do you think I that? look so? I mean, I get on stage. I did a sh- I did a um, I was hosting a mic the other night, and mm-hmm. I can't criticize people at mics mm-hmm. if you if you bomb or something or yeah. go off the rails. It's a mic. Yeah. But this girl like really hated men, uh-huh. and I would love to like. 
talk to someone about that like why like you know yeah. get into it not just a blanket statement but yeah. i understand when you don't don't stand up and trying to be funny mm-hmm. you can't always go into it but I, like w- w- as a like a white guy like we just yeah. want i think most white dudes or mm-hmm. or men in general heterosexual men we just want women to have their rights and be treated as equals like yeah. everyone else but that's feminism yeah that's that is the simple but mm-hmm. we're still we're still uh getting shit like reparations yeah yeah that's, that's a term my girlfriend used because i don't want to relate it to anything yeah, yeah, else yeah. but like i don't know what we're supposed to do other than continue continue the dialogue i agree i mean i think um i think people are angry and i th- i think that anger is fine i don't think that anger helps because that's kind of the opposite of constructive conversation right it's just like exactly. more anger and throwing more anger at it so i get that i certainly get why people are angry um for sure you know, but um I think that feminism in general has taken and it is just going to take a lot of time. So in the meantime, I feel like the answer is for people who are kind of um, like white dudes, like all <laughs> dudes, is um, to just kind of do nothing. Just, right? just take it on a take, take well, it for let people talk and just try to show your actions yeah but i feel like if you're receiving abuse then you're receiving abuse and that's not okay you know if you're receiving abuse on the part of a woman who is coming at you with anger then i feel like that's an opportunity for a dialogue like i hear that you're angry um talk to me about your anger it's i i agree that there are things that are angersome what are your things because here are some of my things and i just feel like that dialogue and i think frankly the internet i think this is all part of what we're talking about which is we aren't really having dialogue we're having I say my stuff oh, and you totally. say and so it's, it 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 divided people in a totally. very in a way that we didn't even and know so we were it, divided. It probably <laughs> feels it maybe it feels to you and, and other people and maybe to to women as well like no matter what I say all I'm going to get is a comeback not a conversation. Sure. And those are two different things I, I think. And that's what's happened with the Kurt Metzger issue and, mm-hmm. and a lot of things. It's like there is an answer for everything mm-hmm. and I I I kind of like really don't engage online yeah. for the most part. I hate it when I'm baited into a conversation because yeah. I know you're not going to win. You're not hearing me and looking into my eyes and understanding I'm, a, exactly. I'm, a, I'm not a horrible person. Yeah. And I don't feel like any... I honestly don't feel for the most part that women ever mm-hmm. ever, ever look at me like I'm a bad guy to them. Sure. But it's something that I see just just in general like mm-hmm. like in the comedy scene there's a ton of white males doing stand up there's yeah. a ton of unfunny people that are getting their chops and yeah. making jokes that they that they can't cash yet you know what i mean like and and it's hard to not mm-hmm. feel, you know it must be hard as a woman to not be like oh these guys are scumbags yeah. but like i've told jokes that were like that'll come off as a humble brag after mm-hmm. and it's like no she dumped me like mm-hmm. this is i'm the victim mm-hmm. but in but sometimes it doesn't come off that way because right. i'm on stage doing my thing and it's yeah. like i'm in the position of power being on stage and just i come off so i have to i realize in my comedy mm-hmm. what i don't talk about yeah that's you know? so interesting though there's a lot going on in that in the comedy scene relative to men and women right now and i think it's just a i think it's a tough spot i think it's an awkward spot right now a lot of stuff at ucb new york and some stuff sure. at, here in la but i think that the discomfort is good because i think that it is part of moving beyond it to figure out, wait a minute, like what, what literally am I uncomfortable about? Yeah. And I think that women need to be asking themselves the same exact question. Like when I see you, Dave on stage woman, um, is it that I'm just like mad that you get things that I don't get? And so I can't even like look at you. You can never be the victim because cause you're handsome and white and, and a man and like, damn it. Like, <laughs> is that is that maybe what it's about? Because I do think that subconscious. Yeah. Like looking at someone who appears to be entitled. 
Sure. And, and every guy, every guy can that. have their own story. Kurt Metzger, yeah. I, I, sure. I bring him up without any context. Listen to past episodes. He, you know, he he's uh, looked at as this like entitled Emmy mm-hmm. winning writer, mm-hmm. and he is. But he's also like a dude who's overcome a ton of adversity on mm-hmm. his own. Sure. And, and we've all got our stories. Mm-hmm. I was I was raised by a single mom, so mm-hmm. like I. I, I'm always like, what the fuck am I doing as a guy? My mom mm-hmm. remarried, had two younger brothers. So like mm-hmm. I have a brother who's 18 years younger than me. Oh, interesting. And, yeah. And like I see them and I'm like, oh, they know like they know how to be a guy. They were raised by a dad. Mm-hmm. My stepdad raised me like from like 12 mm-hmm. years, 12 on. But like there's still like I had to like learn shit before Google. I had to like <laughs> ask friends and like I had this dude on a I was on a on the train coming back to Rhode Island from New York and there's a dude sitting next to me. I was like 10 years old. He had a Maxim magazine and I just like st- try to stare at him the whole time and then like 20 minutes later he just got up and left and left his maxim for me he goes and he goes here you go kid like that was my that's how i had to learn about sex and like anything you know what i mean like just yeah so i don't know what that has to do with but like you know you see someone's final product or where they are now and you don't see where what they did to get there no and you also don't see what they're willing to do to get to the next place yeah. Right, like, like you're saying, like being in these comedy environments and hearing things and thinking, like, how do people see me? What are they thinking? How do I see them? Like, this is we- this is hard. This is weird. And I'd, I'd love to not have that feeling. Yeah. That aw- I'd love to not have that awareness to yeah. just be like, this is me. I'm doing these jokes because I'll probably be a stronger comic when I when I don't care anymore. It's good to be aware to an extent yeah. of what the boundaries are, like with what people feel comfortable with you talking about. Yeah. But it's also like, you know, we go up, we do stand up in these rooms with other comics and we yeah. aren't necessarily playing to what our audience is in other venues. So yeah. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to like know what your voice is when you're afraid to speak your voice. Yeah. I do zero stuff. I do zero stand up that's political, um, gender, sort of like anything mm-hmm. like any. I just, um, I did a set talking about my girlfriend and myself mm-hmm. and, and everything, what it's like dating a girl that like other guys are always trying to like hit on her. I mm-hmm. talk about it all the time. Like other dudes are always trying to like slide mm-hmm. into her messages and this and that. And it's, you know, it's, it's at the, it's at, at the very most, it's just slightly annoying. It's mm-hmm. not, it doesn't over, you know, consume my life, but I'm on stage talking about it. And then the, the host comes up afterwards and she's like, give it up for that guy. And she was, she was like trying to explain how, you know, what it's like to be a woman. He must really know. And I was like, no, right. I'm just searching for material right. uh, with the girl I live with. But there's this thing. Um, when I went to high school, what the heck is that called? I took this philosophy class in high school, and there was a cognitive dissonance. Okay, so cognitive dissonance is that like once you, I think, forgive me if this is wrong. There is some term <laughs> that means like that you can only once you have decided something, you can only see that thing through that lens. Yeah. And I feel like there is so. There's so much of that. That's really hard. And I have to say, I have to be honest with you. One of the things that I'm proud about, um, about sex talks is that I feel like storytelling offers a little bit of a different lens on that. And, and I think it's because like exactly what you're saying, like they don't know my story. Sometimes the storytelling format, and I'm such a stand-up fan, so it's, um, I think that there are ways to work this into fantastic stand-up, even though they're kind of two different art forms. But um a story has kind of a beginning and a middle and an end and a great story has an emotional beginning, middle and end. So you offer this kind of window that's like, I went through this thing and here's how I felt and here's how I feel at the end. And like essentially what you're saying, like with you and the trolls, like I am a human man. I'm a human person. This thing happened. And I think there, there's a little bit more humility to that. Um, yeah. 
And I think most it comedies going in that direction. Like, I think so. There can be a brilliant one-line comic, but people want depth, I think, yeah. for the most part. If I you have a so story too. that's yours, it can't really be stolen as easily. Yeah. You know, like, I've got a story about getting dumped in sixth grade, and you factor right. in all these little tidbits, and it's like, yeah. how could... You'd have to be a genius to make this shit up, because it's like, the right. details are crazy. Right. And... I mean, I mean, but I think good. I mean, we we kind of differentiate stand up from storytelling, mm-hmm. but it's pretty much. I mean, you could story. I like. I love that storytelling doesn't aim for the punchlines. Yeah, I kind of think that's the only difference. I mean, and yeah. storytellers always write with a moment of levity and jokes, and sometimes real hard jokes. But I, yeah, I think there's. I think there can be very little difference, and and I think that's great. But. I did a storytelling show. It was supposed to be about your worst tragedy, okay. and they were like please, please don't try to insert jokes. Right. And that, and some people still did. And you'd be like, As I've, oh, come on, you're cheating us. Like, I got to go tell yeah. a story and you're trying to tell jokes. And it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you won't get laughs. And I right. got a ton of laughs. But it was through my own sort of like miserable yeah. like sort of details about yeah. it. But it was really, yeah, it was really honest to not, because, you know, like, I, you know, these, you know, bookers and, you know, people that enjoy comedy will say, yeah, you need to get three to five laughs per minute. Totally. And, you know, all right, you got a joke, tag, tag, tag. And it's like, yeah, okay. I mean, that's good when it's there, but yeah. sometimes you got like a story that just yeah. has a long payoff, but if it's real and the audience is like believing you and they're into it, they might not be laughing, but they're all eyes on you. Yeah, and sometimes you get a bigger laugh. I mean, one of the ways that I kind of found my voice as a writer, even though I was writing comedy before and, and while I was doing sex talks, is I would prepare very little and get on stage and know like essentially the framework of the story because it was a true story it had happened. And just like allow myself to say the words as they came to my to my mind and say it like I felt it. Terrifying. And yeah, so That's, scary. That takes balls. But also, I people laughed at things that were just the way I say it that I didn't recognize was a funny. You and know? if you stuck to the set-up punchline of jokes, you might have stripped that all out. Yeah, and if I had set, if I had stuck to kind of the formalized way I would write it, it is so weird that both things come out of our brain, and yet the way we write something and the way we say something can often be yeah. very different. I am so wordy when I write things. It's hard. Me yeah. too. Exactly. And I'm always looking for like the clever way. When I write things, there's always like a ton of alliteration. Like no one talks like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I so that really helped. But what was tricky is for a long time, and for the most part, we don't record the show because. It's supposed to be this and is this safe space. People uh-huh. take a vow of silence. You can't talk about what you heard at the show. Um, so I'd have all this great experience doing these kind of impromptu writings and learning about my voice and then have no recording of it. Yeah. So I just have to remember what that's that tough like. when it goes well yeah. and you're like, I don't know what I, I said. I don't know what I, I, I black out on stage. Totally. I'll be completely sober. And totally. then like, I don't know what just happened. Totally. It felt good. I think it went yeah. well, you know? Um, yeah. Okay. So sex talks, yeah. where did it come from? Yeah. It came from college. So um, when I was in college, I have best friends in the world who are still my best friends. Katie and Carly, we were living in this great dorm. And one night, drunk on box wine, someone started talking about sex. But sharing a particular story, it might have been Carly talking about dirty talk. I don't know. But something came up that was like, hey, guys, (laughs) this thing happened. Has this thing ever happened to you? And it just exploded into this awesome, really personal, really vulnerable conversation. And it was so weird to me at the moment, at the time, because these were girls who had watched every episode of Sex and City forwards and backwards. And yet, like, this was kind of the first time in our friendship that we had really sat down and been extremely vulnerable about our own sex lives. And we happened on a Sunday night. And 
we joked that it was Sunday Night Sex Talks and we did it again a couple weeks later and like one more time and the, the title just always stuck in my head of how like special that environment had been and I want to do something with that name Sunday Night Sex Talks. Yeah. And so fast forward like essentially a million years I'm living in Los Angeles and I'm just trying to um, do other people's storytelling shows and no So you were one, already doing stand-up at the time? No, I wasn't doing stand-up at all. And are you, I was, are you, do you do stand-up? No. You just do this, this show? Or? Yeah, pretty much. I, I will do other people's storytelling shows um, but my first performance experience at all was with sex talks and really because I just didn't know it. I didn't know anybody. And my boyfriend now husband was like, you would be okay at storytelling. Um, he said, you would be good. I just made him sound like <laughs> um, you would be okay. No, he said, you would be good at storytelling. You should think about getting onto some people's storytelling shows, but no one would have me because I was, I didn't know anybody. And so like an asshole slash idiot slash genius, I was like, I'll just start my own storytelling show. Classic. And then people will do it. And then I'll have friends. I, I cannot access that human person who was that version of me that but made that decision. Uh, Leap in the net will appear is the the only way to survive. I just always had creating thought, the content that I mean. I just wish every day I could think like that person because um, she did a brave thing and it was so cool and we did it at Bar Lubitsch the first time. I mean, I called every. Oh, bar. so you did? You started at Bar Lubitsch and you're still there? Yeah. And how long has it been? Five years. Wow. In October. And Bar Lubitsch is on Melrose. It's right? on Santa Monica. Santa Monica is mm-hmm. on Santa Monica. Between and it's Fairfax the, and LeBron. It's the back part of Bar Lubitsch. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's great. And it's tricky, right? Because that version of the show, the way that it started was no boys allowed. And we have expanded to doing co-ed shows as well, but we still keep the no boys allowed show. Do, is it an um, all-female audience? Yes. Ooh. Yes, which is a admittedly. What's your show this Sunday? Is it a No Boys Allowed? This Sunday is No Boys Allowed. Next Saturday is Coed. Maybe I'll tell my girlfriend to yeah. go bring her friends to it. Then. Yeah. So, so in an awesome turn of events, after like three years of doing the show, UCB wanted to take over the show and do it at their Sunset venue. They had just opened Sunset, and I was so excited. But they, um, rightly so, for legal purposes, need to do a Coed show because. I'll be 100% honest. It is discriminatory to have a no boys allowed show. That show is like and they a... Can, they can't do a no girls allowed show. Right. They can't... It'll, there's no way it'll be even right. if they do one and the other. No, no. And I, I think it is having done it for so many years. What happens at Coed Sex Talks and the other one, different, they're different shows. And I think both are super valuable and super interesting. And yeah. um, But the no boys allowed show is just an interesting and unique performance environment. So I keep doing it. We always want what we can't have. Yeah. I need to get into this place. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah. I uh, I think that's really great. Um, I've always joked around about like creating a uh, like a men's support group. For, yeah, because there's you know there's all there's women's support groups that men aren't yes. allowed into. Which I I totally think it's great. Yeah, I, I think it's great that women like sort of police all the creeps. Sure, because men men here's the thing with men like we we get into artistic and creative endeavors to meet women. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's you know it's through the history of time artists and every mm-hmm. we've always it's just like you you do if you're a photographer or a DJ you do what you can to like break the ice mm-hmm. and that brings creeps and comedies that you know sure. the, the guys that make it I mean there's guys that make it that are creepy like yeah. it's it's there's through it yeah. from the bottom to the top they're all there so it's are you involved in any of those groups and like creepy men only groups no <laughs> no but and am I in any of them <laughs> no um I mean for me those are like um book clubs or crafting get-togethers or I'm part of a women's um, writers retreat that we try to do a couple times a year and it's like six of us that have been going for for a long time that we're due for another one Um, but on that subject my my good friend Joe Tower does a great all boys storytelling show oh really I should say it's called boys will be boys um, at the Virgil now he allows women in the audience Um, so you should do that show but it is 
I think you could do a, a guys only show with no women in the audience. I think it would be. I think it could be such a cool opportunity for I, vulnerability. I made a po- I made a show poster as a joke, and I was like, "Any guys want to be on the show? I'll put them on the show poster." And I wasn't gonna, but it was like, "Girls, you know, guys get in free. Girls, you can watch. It's like twenty dollars a ticket." But it was like the idea was like, "We don't have." But I get it. Stand up community is ninety percent men anyway in the comedy and like they actually perform. Mm-hmm. It's like way over flooded with mm-hmm. bros and dudes and stuff. But so this like, doesn't mean you shouldn't have a show. Like you could have a show like there's also lots of women in the world and i don't know i just i think right, you heard it here first yeah they've started the sex show. actually <laughs> men only show. yeah i just think you men won't get... show up men won't go if girls aren't there that's Maybe the difference not. women will rally around women there's only one way to find out i guess i'll get, try keep me <laughs> well because like my my girlfriend likes to go hiking at griffith mm-hmm. in griffith it's a pretty secluded area where we hike you mm-hmm. see nothing there's nothing in the area we hike i i like that but i like going to runyon when mm-hmm. i'm alone because i like people watching yeah and i was thinking about it and i was like well f- since this girl's hit puberty guys have checked her out every turn every corner she's turned her yeah. whole life i mean i've been on the phone with her where you just hear dudes like cat calling her through the her earpiece yeah. <laughs> i'm like this must be miserable yeah whereas a guy the dog's barking in the background by the way <laughs> boone shush <laughs> i don't know what he's barking at um he loves his pocket <laughs> but, but uh but for guys like no one checks us out like we yeah. have to be the ones who go so like i like so that's why i go to run in this yeah. like way overpopulated trail because i just like to look at i just like to people watch yeah and she's like fulfilled that by having been lurked at her whole life. Totally. So we're like completely different people with that. Yeah. And I think um, you're probably completely different people, not just hiking because of that. Right. Like I think that oh, yeah. that has spillover. There's this cool book that's out right now by a, a writer, feminist writer um, named Jessica Valenti. It's called Sex Object. And it's, its premise is kind of like what does having been like essentially objectified, what does having experienced what your girlfriend experiences and many of us experience, what does that like do to you long term? Because we don't have like a word for that, right? There's post-traumatic stress syndrome or there are like the things yeah. like what's just like a slow drip of objectification doing to your brain. And it's such an interesting um, it's an interesting thing to think about. Did you feel that at Boston College or did you feel that before you settled down or, or still? I think you feel it kind of low-key in general. I have a lot of like um, very different than when I was living in New York where there are tons of people on every street no matter the time of day. Los Angeles is a more mm, secluded city. And so I have a lot more fear kind of being alone at night, even sometimes during the day. Um than I than I used to. Yeah. Um, in New York, like if shit's going to go down in New York, someone's going to see it. Totally. Here, totally. there's a lot of dark areas that yeah. aren't surveillanced and things like yeah, that. Yeah, and I'm sure. also, I don't know, I think the older you get, the more aware you get of kind of those things. Um, I would say Boston College in particular is a super image-oriented place. People are great looking. People are fit. So I was always very um, aware of that. Um mm no different than really than working in marketing and advertising in New York where people are very good looking and very fit. And it just, I think it's, it's kind of been a constant, um, it's part of the sales and advertising is to like is. be this healthy product. Yeah. yeah. What did you market? It is. Did you have a, a so client? I marketed women's, um, health products for Johnson and Johnson. Oh, there you go. So Neutrogena clean and clear. Of is Vino. That, uh, o- 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 so I was at their, um, it was universal McCann. Yeah. Okay. And then they had a smaller division that was just J and J called J three. Um, and it was an awesome place to work, but at the same time, like no place that is oriented around sales and appearance of anything is going to be void of that, right? And yeah. you're in Manhattan. And then I would say the worst time in my life for this, um, 
and this isn't meant to knock it because I love the show. Is I spend some time writing for Fashion Police. Okay. So for the E Show, and I that did was, their um, online. That was um, Joan Rivers' show. Exactly. I did uh, writing for their online content for for a period of time. Oh, that's awesome. And so I woke up every morning, and I went on the internet, and, and shit I looked, on people's outfits, and I looked at celebrities <laughs> in dresses. Right. Yeah. I, and I've never felt worse about myself. Yeah, I could see. I could see that oh. being a tough paycheck to cash, but yeah. I would do it. Yeah, well, you do what you have to do. I do you it on Bachelor. I make. I just yeah. roast everyone. Yeah, and they didn't. They don't necessarily ask for it. But I hate to be like put them on TV. But yeah. like, um, you know, like if if Amanda yeah. from The Bachelor has two daughters that she's abandoning to do the show, I make fun of it. Sure. Um, maybe that's maybe that's a mean thing. Maybe that's 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 my fashion police, and I don't sure. get paid to do it. <laughs> I feel like it's. I feel like it's pretty low key untargeted you know it's just kind of like low level mean um Um, yeah yeah. it's not like i'm fat shaming or like doing i'm like specifically making fun of specific people yeah (laughs) so i think you're i think you're in pretty much the clear on that um who am i to judge so fashion police so you Mm -hmm. look you just check out um uh who's at the met gala what they're wearing yep and you in in that's fine it was but i think that um i think that in my brain i was looking at size zero women for hours every single day and i think oh. it i know it because that i remember that period of my life being the healthiest i've been probably the thinnest i've been like i think it almost like i was saying like had this like low drip effect that was like um that is normal yeah i don't know i don't know where the masses stand with this but i mm-hmm. can't stand i I, I i don't fault anybody for any plastic surgery they get sure i just love beautiful people mm-hmm. and when they when they take it too far it's like i know it they know it mm-hmm. you see like the homer simpson lips that come out mm-hmm. and and it's like and and but i don't know by living in, in la and in hollywood every every corner has plastic surgery billboards yeah. like i had when i was working for uber mm-hmm. i had to pick up botox and oh. deliver it to another location like the actual drug yeah mm-hmm. like a cooler full of it Wow. And I like did the, sold I, like, it. Yeah, I did the math, and it was like a, you know, it was like a twenty dollar ride. It was like ten thousand dollars Botox. <laughs> I was, and it was like the smallest little thing. But I was like, how many CCs or whatever it was? And yeah. I just Googled it, and I was like, that's a lot of fucking Botox. Yeah. And they didn't even tell me, uh, you know, because they just they just kind of pressed the button. I just showed up. They didn't tell me mm-hmm. I was delivering Botox. They just put it in the passenger seat. And I was like, mm-hmm. don't let it sit in the sun. And I'm like, great. <laughs> And I was like, but it's oh, fine this. if it gets injected into your forehead. Yeah, just don't want to get hot. Just don't sit in the sun <laughs> once it's injected in the forehead. You'll have a hardened That's forehead. Crazy. I don't know. It's and it's, but it's like so much more mm-hmm. out here and in people's face here than than. I mean, that must be just like fashion police where you're looking, you're just looking all day long at people that aren't happy with themselves. Yeah, you wonder, right? And I think it's a. Um I think it's a super slippery slope, right? You start with a little of this and a yeah, little of that. Yeah, no, I'm just going to do a little bit of this. And it's it's yeah. like tattoos. It's But tattoos, you can remove to yeah. an extent yeah. versus like, and they're not on yeah. your face. Yeah. So it's like, totally. I've seen, I mean, just within the stand-up community, you see it all the time. And it's like, that's not, oh man, like. Yeah. Ugh. And I wonder like my um, livelihood is not my face, right? It's my, to a certain degree, my brain and like writing and stuff like that. But it's not, it's not my body and it's not my face. If it was, I have no idea what that would do. To yeah, me. and even in it, it, like with Tasha, I mm-hmm. you know she you know she's she's never had anything done to her, and I think that's such a valuable thing in her mm-hmm. late twenties. I think it's a very valuable thing to have. But she's talked about it, and like like sure. like they all like everyone does, mm-hmm. and and all of her and a lot of her friends do. And so, you know when you kind of like that's how you kind of like get into that's that, right? Because it's like everyone's and I took um. I was taking their photo at our friend's birthday party. I took the photo, the three girls. Then they all look at the photo and they all start making fun of themselves. Yeah. Each. 
None, no one, they're not looking at anyone else. They're just hating on yeah. just three drunk girls hating that they're, you know, they're trying to shazam their face or whatever they do with like the airbrush tool. Yes. <laughs> like this. Yes. Is, and then, and then I take one photo with my buddy Josh and we're like, yeah, we look good. <laughs> and, uh, done. and I'm like, yes. I'm sorry. You don't, you can't feel that way with that's society. Right. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, that's right. And that's not your fault. No, it's not. I, I, I hold a lot of the blame for a lot of these things. That's kind of you. It's heavy on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it is fascinating. I mean, the ability to look at the picture after the picture's taken is like, that and text messaging is, is our downfall. Yeah. And, and the, with, so, well, let me ask you this. How long, like, tell me how you met your husband. We met because uh, I, was, I was actually not even being public about the fact that I was moving here. And that's what kind of makes the story more interesting. So I was writing on my blog, um, which is called 20 Nothings, about the fact that I had been spending some time in LA. I was working in New York. It was an agency that had clients out here. And so I was out here a little bit. Of course, I was considering moving here. And so sure. that was a part of it. So I was writing about it, dating in New York versus LA and living in New York versus LA. And it was on my blog. And I get this Facebook message from a lovely girl with whom I went to college. And we had been acquaintances, friends, friendly, but not the kind of friend that, say, sets you up with your husband. And she just said, I've been reading your blog. I hear that you've been in LA. If you ever are interested in a cross country romance, there is this guy there that I think you really should meet. Wow. And she was like, he works in entertainment. So at the very least, it would just be like, I think you, you know, you'd, it, it would be cool because I know, I know you write, but I think you guys would really hit it off. And later she said that it truly was because she had been reading my writing and thinking about this guy and just like that's incredible which is so crazy um what a modern like you've got mail story which is all I hate I that you've wanted. got mail isn't modern now but you know, I know. what i mean this oh, is like a whole so dated blog um, oh this is great so i i respond and i'm like sure i'd love to meet anybody i'm game i i am actually coming to los angeles in two weeks so this is so serendipitous that i'll be there did he know he was getting set up it gets even better. She says <laughs> two weeks. She lived in New York as well. Okay. Or Boston, somewhere around there, not Los Angeles. She says two weeks. I'm going to visit him in LA that same weekend. So we'll just hang out. It'll just be like a friend thing. It won't be, any, oh, it won't be a big deal. She didn't tell him anything. Walking into the bar, she said, there's going to be this girl, Jessie, there. Um, you know, I That's think you're so going to like her. so important to not, like, set the bar high. And so we totally hit it off that night. I was there for a week. We met on a Saturday night, totally hit it off. And then he asked me out on a formal date for that Thursday. We went to drinks at this great place that doesn't exist anymore um, called the Tar Pit on La Brea for a full story. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It was that. a super cool bar. Okay. And then I went back to New York. And, you know, I liked and we had hit it off. But I wasn't able to financially move to Los Angeles until I had a job here in LA. So it took me a while to figure that out. And so we had this kind of like cross country romance type thing, which to me, I was 27. I would have fucked it up if I had lived here. There just would have been something we would have gotten into it too fast and we would have started hooking up and well, all you, the stuff yeah, that you, you do. Yeah. The distance can really help with yeah. calming people down. Yeah. It, can, it can, for other reasons, ruin things, yeah. but it can totally yeah. slow your pace down. So we would talk on the phone. He would call me on the phone. We would talk on the phone. Wow. And, talk, um, hold on. You said talk on the we phone. We would talk on the phone. I forgot that you could do that. I know. He would just call to check in. Be I like, just get How was bill collectors call me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that or my yeah. mom once he, on my birthday. That's yeah. It. And we didn't, uh, we didn't become Facebook friends for at least two or three months. Amazing. Like we just kind of kept it. All right. You're giving, you're giving great advice without even knowing it through this story. So I think don't be Facebook helpful. friends is a good, that's a, that's probably a good thing. I think it was helpful. Don't let someone into your life so they can sort of like connect the dots in ways that might not be who you are. Or. Yeah. I think I had just done a lot of like two, two, 
Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> too, too much, That's too fast. That's the name fast. of the episode, Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> the dating life of Jesse Yeah, Ray. I think I had just gone full steam in all other circumstances and just been like, let me test this relationship at 60 miles an hour to see if we're compatible. And then probably we aren't, so we'll just break up. And in this circumstance, I didn't really have that ability. Did anything about this relationship make you like cynical like that? Or is it from past relationships that you fucked up or that were just fucked up? Yeah, I don't know. I just think in past relationships, I was in New York. It was it was bars and drinking, and I, I don't know. It just New York's wasn't, a tough place to settle. Yeah. New York's a tough place to settle down, and LA's a tough place to meet people. Yeah. So and, the fact well, that yeah. you were living in New York and met him through a friend is a huge. And he was in Los like, Angeles. Like solved all your issues right there. Yeah, and I, I was younger when I was. In, I just wasn't focused on it. I wasn't trying to be in a relationship, but I also wasn't trying to be in a relationship when I met Robbie. So I I get a job. And I move here. In between meeting him and moving here, we saw each other twice. Once okay. in New York, once in and LA. How, okay. And how long from the from when you met him to when you moved to LA? May 1st to September That's 1st. That's my birthday. Okay. So just a summer. Exactly. Okay. So you had a whole summer where you're just, you're building that connection without exactly. too much of the, you know, physical, yeah. like that weight of like, well, what are you doing tonight? Well, like, you know, it's like you exactly. couldn't see each other. So you kind of like built that connection. Yep. And then you moved and uh, was there any pressure when you moved on him to be like, oh shit, that seems like a lot of pressure. The pressure was on me. So I get here. I move in with, and this is like part of a larger story, but I, I move in with this um, best friend of mine from college who is now gay, but when he wasn't out, <laughs> um, when he wasn't out, was a person that I was uh, romantically involved with. And I move in with him in a house, which is like a weird decision. 44 minutes in and we get the goods. <laughs> yeah, which is like a weird okay, so decision. He, so you didn't, so you were, you were dating him back in the day and didn't know he was gay? Uh, we were so close in college, just kind of like, will they, won't they? Very Ross, Rachel, if Rachel, sure. if Ross ended up being gay. And he I guess Rachel could have been gay too. <laughs> but, um, and then he comes out and it was like a big, um, big thing in my romantic life. Did it, it was like everybody you when he came out? Totally. My sister dated a guy who mm-hmm. came out and uh, I think yeah. it fucked her up. Yeah, and it was, he's, it was He tough. obviously was dealing with his own things, but she was like, totally. did I make him gay? What, you know? Like, it was all those things. Meanwhile, we are, we are currently incredibly close friends in each other's weddings, the whole nine, which is like another longer story. But I move in with this guy. Uh, he has a spare bedroom and it's in West Hollywood and what do I know? And he's a, he's a close friend. Also, the third roommate was another gay man. Um, the wonderful so gay. Peter. I the love wonderful it. Peter in West Hollywood, like blocks away from Gold Coast, which is like the gayest bar in West Hollywood. And um, I am what I would call, ugh, I would call talking to Robbie. I guess I would call it seeing him. I don't know what I would call it, but I Talking's move here. Talking's fine, yeah. And I'm like, this is the most independent thing I've ever done. My entire, almost my entire family is in the small town of Freehold, New Jersey. I am making this move. Um, the last thing I want is a boyfriend. Right, I'm gonna live with these gay guys, and we're just gonna uh, sing karaoke and, and drink mimosas. Drink mimosas. It's just gonna be <laughs> a dream. And but there's Robbie, right? And like in total fairness to him, we're like essentially in a relationship. We're talking every day. He comes over with flowers when I move in. Like all the things you wow. should do, right? So that is the first what time I had he saw. You, do you drive across the country? I don't. I wish no. I had. I eventually I did. Flew and had but I fly. I have a friend pick me up, but he offered to pick me up, and I said no. Wow. Yeah. Because you didn't want to just, just like, shut, you wanted to like get grounded first. Yeah. And I was so nervous about moving to this place and only having this one relationship and just having no other friends and like tying myself to this guy. Um, 
So how long before it became official? So early on, I'm kind of like trying to keep a little bit of my distance. And he's like doing what he now calls the slow play. He's trying to just invite me to every once in a while, kind of invite me out to things. Meanwhile, everything he invites me to do is the most fun thing I've ever been invited to do. Right. He must really like you at this point. Yes. He's courting you. He's doing a good job. And you're both doing a good job of not like showing your cards right away, I guess. Yeah. I think I could have done a better job of being clearer about... I think I was being standoffish at first. Mm-hmm. And I think it took me a few weeks to be like, I'm being standoffish. But you're the vulnerable one. You moved. He's still there. Like if, if a girl moved, if I was yeah. into a girl and she moved across the country, I would be like, ah, yeah. Because if I fucked this up, it's like, no, you know what I mean? So, yeah. But he was also kind of being vulnerable because he was like, um, I really like you and I want to spend time with you and I want to show you Los Angeles and let's go have a good time. So he was, he was being clear about his feelings. How, now people that don't live in LA need to know it's the, biggest city it's uh, so vast did you guys live like what like what was the distance in in minutes to your commute three miles he lived oh, in beverly adjacent and i lived in in west hollywood okay great um because if you're in the wrong part of town totally goodbye. <laughs> totally and you know he was more than willing to come hang out with me and these guys and just like you know figure it out i would say like two, a month in he we, I had a, oh man, all right, I'll just say it. Uh, we had a housewarming party at my house. Um, 75% gay men, 95% gay men, let's yeah. be honest. I didn't know anybody. Uh, Robbie comes, and I am walking So there's him probably around. good housewarming gifts. A lot, oh, a lot of candles, I'm assuming. Uh, <laughs> so much of a loose spot. That's a candle company. So he comes, Robbie comes, and I'm walking around, and he claims, though I don't have a memory of this, that I am introducing him as the guy I'm seeing. Hi, this is the guy I'm seeing, Robbie. This is Robbie, the guy I, I'm seeing. I would like, take that. Maybe, maybe. I guess I could. I guess I did that anyway. And he cornered me at the end of the night and was like, "Take it or leave it." Wow, like, good. He was like, "You know, I really like you, and if you don't, if if this isn't something you want, that's fine. But I can't hang out in this anymore because I like you and so I want to be in a relationship." Similar to my story, and that is exactly why I said yes because I was like, "No one has ever, whether we end up together or not, was my thought then. If I don't." say yes to this guy someone else is going to get this guy one of the biggest problems i think people have and and i've had in many relationships is not knowing what i want Mm -hmm. or the girl not knowing what she wants yeah so to have someone like make you say like in or out Mm -hmm. it's not like life or death but it's like are we gonna trust each other with Mm -hmm. the knowledge that we're like each other's boyfriend girlfriend yeah we were already boyfriend and girlfriend at that point, right? But like, why did we have that shit down in sixth grade or like eighth grade? You know what I mean? Know. Back then, it'd be like, would you be my boy? Okay, yeah. I don't know. Now it's like, yeah, we're talking and now we're going to see each other and we like, like each other's photos on Instagram. And I don't know. You're so right about that. But yeah. that's true. And it's a commitment thing. And maybe, I don't know, when I studied abroad in France, they would be like, if you kiss a girl, you're dating. Same thing. <laughs> I studied abroad in Italy in Florence and the teachers kept being like, if you want to stay in Italy for the summer after your program, just get an Italian boyfriend. And I was like, what? Yeah. They're like, yeah, just tell him you want him to be your boyfriend. Kiss him a few times and he'll be your boyfriend. And you can stay the summer at his house. I kissed a girl in France <laughs> and then and then uh, she uh, she didn't speak English that well and my French was pretty bad and I only had so many text messages on my phone. Oh, like, Vodafone. Uh, one buttons yeah. Was, yeah, one of the buttons was like broken yeah. so I'm sending them the shittiest and yeah. uh, my buddies like, wanted to go out and I chose to go with my buddies instead of the girl that I kissed. And then uh, I told the girl I couldn't make it anymore. <laughs> and my buddy, who speaks like five languages, this Belgium guy, I love this guy, Breath, he goes, 
he was like, oh, he read the text that she sent. It was a long one. And I was like, these words are complicated. These are more complicated words. I'm not sure what she's saying. Yeah. He's like, it's not good. Oh <laughs> Never God. saw the girl again. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I'm 19. I, you don't kiss and become. Totally. Like, but I think we're, I think we're super risk averse here because I think we're just, uh, don't like to be hurt. And I think we have yeah. you know, major fears of intimacy. And I think we, I think we also want to be the best, right? We were raised in this time, especially you and I, our generation, um, gold prize for trying and just this kind yeah, of like trophies. you're a success um and there's lots of opportunity to not be a success in relationships so he gave you and this is a common theme so he gave you oh it's not an ultimatum he just gave you a choice to make yeah i had when i was friends with my girlfriend mm-hmm. i was like look i don't want to be the friends anymore i don't want to see you date mm-hmm. another guy blah 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 i've said it a million times in this podcast like, i just i hit that point you know where like i was like just the pain of if i ever thought you were with another guy would be worse as your friend Mm -hmm. so this is what it's got to be and it took her a few weeks to like you know get but but i like walked away Mm -hmm. and unlike your situation which was more of a positive i was like i was like like, i just can't do anymore she was afraid that like we're gonna lose our friendship fine Mm -hmm. so i walked away and like weeks later Mm -hmm. she was like hey let's go do something like Mm -hmm. she was she was she's too proud to be like i you know i heard what you were saying right but i'm i'm you know i don't care for like her I, I don't care for her to be like i've heard you and blah, blah. i was like sure. as soon as she was like let's go get drinks okay <laughs> like, yeah. and then it's been very very rewarding thing since then yeah so you guys okay so then tell me about the dating process does it change when you're official not really i don't know i think it he doesn't sound like a social media guy where it's like you make each other your profile photo and all that jazz yeah i mean i think eventually we were we were in a relationship on Facebook. Yeah, I'm sure that was a thing at the time. I'm not Facebook I'm official. I'm sure I wrote about it. I can't remember really. It used um, to be a big deal. Now yeah. it's like, if you can't tell who I'm dating, we're not good enough friends. Yeah, totally. But I think one of the things that was a thing for us, right? So I was living with these two guys, um, one of whom I was really close to. And Robbie was kind of like, um, hey, cool to have lots of people in your life. But like, I would like to be um, a primary person for like a lot of the stuff. And I'm putting words. He never said this. He, say, he sounds so like perfect. He's, he's, he's really like, good. He's not, doesn't sound je- if I said that, I'd be like, I want more attention. But he's like, I would like to be a primary person in your lifestyle. I would like to be someone <laughs> you consider. He as a memo. <laughs> um, no, but there was this kind of like, um, I'm a really social person. And I'm a, I have a, you know, it, it was time for me to fully commit to what is it like to really be in a relationship with someone well that means that that person is your primary person you're investing time and so that was that was good i think that that needed to happen and that was the first time that i had been in that honestly maybe ever maybe certainly since high school i didn't have that in college and um and then i gotta ask you what's the engagement process like right did you know before he proposed so i this is purely for, my for selfish own. reasons. So no, no, no. Because yeah, we're we're close to that place. Yeah. So we were uh, together for uh, almost three years, and then uh, the we had had a conversation around year like two point five. Okay, right, um, right where I am today. Perfect. Um, it was my birthday. <laughs> okay, and it was. I guess my 29th birthday. I don't know. Anyway, we're at this lovely restaurant and we were having conversations about the future. And I wanted to let him know that. Um, I wanted to let him know that if he asked me to marry him from that point forward, I would say yes. But I didn't know like how to say that. I would but be I just, the primary person to date <laughs> yeah. you. So I was like, how would Robbie say this? I'll just say that. Um, <laughs> so I just was kind of like, um, I think I said something super awkward like, uh, 
you know, if you're thinking about the future, because I'm thinking about the future, um, I I would like my future to be with you, and I would be comfortable with that from this point forward. And and he just like got it, like it was like I was saying, like the doors open. While we are talking, I want you to know <laughs> that I will continue talking with yeah. a wedding ring. And then I was like, um, "Don't jump on it." And there are people <laughs> in my life who, when you're ready to make some decisions, know some answers, which was like. People know what kind of ring I want. Just ask them and they know. That's so great. And so we had that conversation. And then honestly, like a good, I think it was almost a year later, um, it was coming upon the three-year anniversary of the day we met. And we were going to be in New York. And the only thing that I ever said about engagement, probably drunk at one point, was like, it would be nice to see our parents who are both on the East Coast, both in New Jersey, New York, sometime around when we get engaged. It would just be nice because we're so far away. doesn't mean they have to be there. Just like, eh, take yeah. that into consideration. And so I had this feeling that um, he was going to do it really on this weekend because it was kind of this, this perfect time, three years to the day we met and our parents were going to be there and we were going to be in New York. And I just kind of like thought it would happen then. Uh-huh. And then um, all he like a week before was like, uh, what was that thing you said about ring? And I was like, oh, he... No, he's just like not there yet. He hasn't even started ring shopping. Oh, so he, like, smart. He like dropped you know this it's hint. Pro- it takes some, you know, some time. So. And then the other thing that happened was, um, you know, when we go back east, there are so many friends and family to see. And literally every half hour of our entire weekend was scheduled. So there wasn't time to get engaged. There just wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. There wasn't any time to get engaged. And um, little did I know, every time I made a plan, he then had to email that person and be like, hey, so she can't see you from two to four because I'm proposing at whatever time because he had this whole thing laid out. Wow. So he had to go like unplan all of my plans and then <laughs> tell all those people not to tell me. I'm sure they were like, all right, no worries. Yeah. yeah and then he had, he had planned like a party for that night. So I had like made all these plans to see these people. And some of them I saw double. Because they had to keep the original plan and then see oh, me so for this thing. Um, all of our so family what, So knew. let's see. He's Central Park. Uh, what, no, what, what? Well, one cool thing that we did when we first... Um, <laughs> he came to New York one time and I planned this date and we walked um, We walked the High Line. High Line. Perfect. And it was uh, n- newer at that time. And so we, we walked the High Line and um, every year on the day that we met anniversary, he tells the story of how... Um, we met and I tried not to date him. He essentially tells the story that I just told all of your viewers. And so we're like walking the high line and he's telling this story that he tells every year on the day. And I'm like, fuck this guy. This would be the perfect time to propose to me. How did he fuck this up? Cause all I'm thinking <laughs> is that it's not happening. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm trying to like just begun the ring process. Right. But I'm, and I'm trying to think to myself like this in and of itself is beautiful. This is a lovely man. Be appreciative. He remembered that this thing happened. He walked through the highlight like this. This is enough. Right. And then we get to the end and he's like, uh, oh, I guess we're early for our next thing. Do you want to sit here on this bench? Boom. Proposed. Wow. And I was so shocked. Who was more emotional? Oh, for sure me. Really? For sure me. I was like, because I was so surprised. And then I looked up, he proposes and I'm like, put it on the wrong finger. And I'm like, didn't say <laughs> yes. And I'm crying. You gotta be careful because the High Line's an old railroad that's like 30 you feet above ground. You could drop the totally. ring. That's a lot of... <laughs> and we were like in this place where shockingly it was Did such a Did you have it day. in a ring thing? I in mean, a ring box, Because when you're yeah. walking around... And it had been in this pocket of this jacket that now I know like he, it was so... Um, bulging from the jacket that he couldn't wear the jacket so he was like awkwardly holding the jacket uh, and I was like you could just put that jacket on and he I was like, like I'd rather style. hold it, <laughs> it I love so, it so I look up from having been proposed to and one of my dearest friends who is an incredible photographer was right there amazing she had shot the whole thing wow she shot us sitting down she shot the moment she shot everything and I had no idea and people p- 
picked up on it, I'm sure. You know, we were in um, this corner and pretty much no one saw it. Nice. That's great. And then we walk around the corner and I'm like, I guess I should call my mom, my parents. We should call our parents. And he's like, "Uh, yeah, we'll call them from the fatty crab because that's where we were going. Because that's where when I walked in the High Line, that's where I took them for dinner. And they were all there. Wow. See, I'm emotional hearing they your story. It's a great story. There. And then I cried so much. And then, uh, yeah. So amazing. It was really, it was so well done. It was so simple and yet so intricate. Later, he showed me, he had sent my family an email that was like outlining what was going to happen. And it was like, Jesse and I will arrive at the High Line, but we will walk, <laughs> we will walk north to south. And it was so, I love he's a Bond character. It's it was just, so. Well, men love heists. We love a heist. And this is like a heist. So, it's a, you, need, you need to lie and so you need crazy. multiple people to be in on it. And you need photographers. Yeah. And that's great. It was pretty impressive. And I will say, and I don't think he'll find this offensive, um, he, this guy can't keep a secret to save his life. Like, I can't believe that he, <laughs> he has no poker face, especially when it comes to me. Yeah. So it was really... It was really impressive. Well, I'm glad it worked out. It worked I'm out. Glad it was a great. That's a great story. Look, we're at we're literally at one hour, so I don't even want to. I'm not going to outdo that story. <laughs> no. So I just guess we have to get I out of here on that. I wish you the best of luck in whatever your story may be. Thank you. Um, I got a little. I got a little plan. Like Tasha's, she's on the podcast a lot. She doesn't yeah. listen to it, so mm-hmm. I'll literally probably be able to talk about it. That's great. Leading up into That's it, great. I don't know what it's going to be, and I also uh-huh. it's but like her friends are like you know they're all teasing me. Like, I want you guys get married. Yeah. Um, my my only thing is as soon as you put the engagement ring on yeah. it's like a t- like a clock starts before the wedding and it's the wedding hard. to me maybe we'll come back on come back when tasha's I'm on happy <laughs> to talk about the wedding process she's it's really tough l- luckily she's so like chill about what she wants like mm-hmm. she doesn't either neither one of us want to do something that's like mm-hmm. out out punting in the coverage here with it you know? so who knows but but that is scary that we're like once the ring goes on it's like you know but we just we just met friends the other day that that are being engaged for a while. like yeah. you don't want to be engaged too long i yeah. don't know yeah i don't know what it but it's it's it, to me it's the act and the um the symbolism of just like but like oh, just for to me and maybe maybe men would never get mm-hmm. engaged without the pressure like we just we live together like we feel like i feel mm-hmm. like we're already mm-hmm. married yeah so it's not gonna but but that's that's all the reason to do it too because it's yeah you know. and you will feel like that afterwards i yeah. felt there were some things that I was like, um, I, oh, I'm a wife. I'll do this. Other than that, nothing. Yeah. There aren't. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. know. I already do all the cooking. I don't. Sure. Tasha, if you're listening, and I know yeah. you don't, but um, <laughs> what are you going to offer me if I give you that ring? Yeah. Yeah. No, Tasha, she's working for Hurley today. Oh, how cool. And they make my favorite shirt. So she picked me out two new Hurley shirts. So there is a perk to, to having a girlfriend that cares about your style. You got it, yeah, we we both do. We're doing okay here. Um, let's promote your show, Sunday Night okay. Sex Talks. I saw you're on Facebook. Yes. The easiest place is probably just SundayNightSexTalks.com. Twitter okay. is at SNS Talks. We got a show coming up um, September 4th, No Boys Allowed. September 10th, Coed. September 25th, New York City. September 10th is a Saturday night? Yeah, so oh, sometimes cool. we do them on Saturday And night. what's the New York City day? September 25th. Oh, um, they're the week after. Yeah. Okay, oh, so, so we have a lot of New York listeners. September 25th, yeah. New York City. Yeah. Uh, SundayNightSexTalks.com. We're on Facebook. Um, any other social media you want to share with the audience so they can stay in touch with you? Sure. I'm at 20nothings on Twitter. 20nothings. That's my blog handle. It's kind of how my writing career began. Um, and so that's just a good place to kind of find out stuff going on awesome all right for those Thank listening you. check out jesse's uh the blog and the show uh i'm so glad this is so that fun through through the random occurrence of the entertainment world i've i've gotten a chance to meet you mm-hmm. come back anytime Thank you. come back with uh, jenna 
And yeah. uh, Tasha will have on Fridays. This is going to be our, our Friday episode for this week. Um, we usually do casual Fridays where it's like three or four people. But I'm glad we got this one on one. So you're in the Sex Actually family. Come back anytime you want. And um, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. It was awesome. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye.